Hey there, fellow <laughs> disciples. <laughs> this is Anchored and Devoted. Welcome to the place where we have a lot of fun. <laughs> we are glad you're here. This is Pastor Jer. He is Pastor Joseph. <laughs> and, uh, we're thrilled to be meeting you again this morning in your headset or in your car or wherever you happen to be listening to us again. Please don't run and listen. Yeah, this one probably isn't one you want to do that with because I've already got some trouble lined up for us. (laughs) So today we are going to be parsing out uh, envy and jealousy. What's the difference? Uh, When should you have one? When should you have the other? When are neither okay? Mm. Uh, What's the deal with envy? Why why this green-eyed monster that pokes its head around so much? Um, let me, let me start here. I know I'm going to hand it over to you in just a second, but let me start by saying, I think there's a, there's a, why are we talking about this that I want to just put out there? And that's that we are surrounded in our context here. We are surrounded by marketing. Marketing is designed by its, it's by its intent. It is to stir up discontent. Mm-hmm. To stir up a desire to have something, to possess something that I don't possess, and to be dissatisfied until I do. Um, which is, which is contrary to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because God's, the gift of God, they come and they fill us, they mm-hmm. satiate us, they fulfill our longings. Marketing exists to make us dissatisfied, mm-hmm. unfulfilled, and it's easy to fall into this trap. So that's why we're talking about it. Our hope is that by the end of today, you can answer a two-question test and ace it. What is envy? And two, what is jealousy? And maybe as the bonus, the paragraph on why you should be one or the other. Uh, you can send those with uh, with a five dollar bill to anchordevoted at gmail.com. <laughs> we take Zell. <laughs> we, we take it all. However you want to say it. Paper, plastic. We we take it. Anyway, let me stop being silly. Um, I know for me, one of the things, you know, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is in counseling, I bump into a lot of people that have the two words confused. I know that they are slightly similar, but there there's a huge difference when you talk about definitely living. overlap. Yeah, there's a well, there's a difference when you come to life, and so I know for a lot of my younger clients, they'll say, you know, are you jelly? You know, like you're jealous in a in a non-confrontational way. I just want what you want or want what you have. When that's right. really envy, but it's called jealousy or jelly because it's trying to make it nice. Because envy is often viewed as this bad thing. When envy really is wanting what someone else wants or resenting them because of what they have. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that is where envy comes. Example, you know, back to school, you're a kid. Someone else has a different backpack or lunchbox or the new cool socks or shoes, or whatever. And I want them. I'm not jelly. I, I'm envious of that person. Um, I know culturally that's viewed as a bad thing. As you stated, Jared, the green eyed monster or whatever. I'm envious. Um, whereas jealousy is, um, often, at least in my world attached to it, it's an emotion and it really has to do with, um, 
thinking something that someone else has should be yours to the point of it's wrong. Um, so example, and uh, yeah, flesh um, it out because that, that sounds a little bit similar to what you just said. Right, so right. What's, what's the so e- example? And um, if you got kids, you know, you can cover their ears or whatever. I'm not going to say anything horrible, but it, I don't want to plant any. You've been warned. Yes, I, I warned you. Um, <laughs> so, example, if you know, if you're married, um, and you look at, um, you know, your neighbor gets a, a new car. And it's a convertible, a sweet, you really want that. You're envious, right? You're envious of them. Um, on the flip side, instead of taking the car out for a ride, you take the spouse out for a ride. Now you're jealous, right? You really wanted the other person's spouse. Um, that's jealous. You are now trying to possess them like it's yours, as opposed to envy where I can stay on my side of the fence and look and have feelings of i want it jealousy is i really want to own it like it's mine um and so there is a big difference there a real big difference when it comes to um jealousy and envy i'm um prone uh because of my good conditioning being visual and whatnot to like every good broken person to being both envious and jealous but know that when we look at God, because this is all his, <laughs> he can be jealous of our affections and our heart and all that other stuff because it belongs to him. Whereas my jealousy toward someone else is not healthy. It's actually sin. And so is my envy. <laughs> it, it also can be sin. Um, and so know that when I'm envying someone and it's motivation to get some work done or whatever, that mm-hmm. doesn't make it holy. Um, but just because I'm jealous of something doesn't make it unholy. Like if I'm jealous of God's love and I'm now trying to, to get more or to draw closer to him and he is jealous of my love, then this is a relationship where we're both crazy about one another. And that, that would be how you see it in culture. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit different tack than what you mm-hmm. took. Go for it. Um, as I understand jealousy, jealousy can only exist mm-hmm. when the object for which I am jealous is already rightfully mine. Okay. So the example that you gave I think is an example of envy that has one that has action behind it, one that does not, that does oh, not have action. Okay. But I see jealousy uh, would be this way. If um, same, same scenario, I look over, I see the convertible and I want what my neighbor has. I'm acting, I am envying. And if I go and steal it, I'm acting in both theft and envy. If, however, my wife goes and because she also likes those Hot Wheels and she starts flirting with my neighbor to get a ride, mm-hmm. I'm now jealous, not of him, but of the attention that is rightfully mine. I think right. that jealousy is a righteous thing and it exists 
it only exists where what is the object of for which I'm jealous is in fact mine. So I can be jealous for credit. I can be right. jealous for, for uh, recognition. If I have done the work on a project and uh, you know, the one-eyed bald guy who's on my team rode my coattails and also has his name on, on this study mm-hmm. and is, you know, he's now on uh, you know, 60 minutes talking about the research design parameters of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I see this. I'm going to be jealous because the fact is I did the work. That's my work. That should be my reputation being built. I should be getting those accolades because I did the work and I am jealous about that. I think that we, we flipped this because jealousy was always a sort of boudoir idea. Jealousy happened in relationships and oftentimes you'd have jealousy spurring on a response from a spurned lover. But it happens that way. And I think that we flip this because the spurned lover is right to be jealous because they were spurned. What should have been given to them, the love, the attention, the affection, was given wrongfully to someone else. And as a result, they were jealous. Yeah. And as a result of the jealousy, they then took action that you know may, may or may not have been appropriate. Correct. Um, <laughs> That, that's kind of how I, and, and I say that because God can't be anything that is sinful. Right. And God says of himself, you shall and you shall not do these particular things, specifically with how you do your worship and how you offer sacrifices and whom you worship, because I, the Lord, your God, I am a jealous God. Your worship belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Because I am God, mm-hmm. and if you give it to anyone else, that is prostituting your worship and your affections, and I will always be jealous mm. of my bride mm. for her love and for her affection. I can agree with that. I can agree that our culture encourages us to envy others to a degree, where we um, are taking out debts and um misusing time um to the point where um we allow envy to determine what we do and god is jealous of his right um creation because it is not um, living out its purpose or a healthy fulfilling christ-centered relationship with him um the The jealousy that we see in our culture, again, misdefined, is one, um, I think you hit a home on that, Jared, is misdefined, is one that um, requires, um, and you hit on this a little bit, three people to be involved, um, or three things to be involved. Right. And um, when we put them in their improper place, or have a wrong perspective, um, we end up with a lot of brokenness, a lot of um, abuse, a lot of um, uh, wow, a lot of energy being used in a way that often can't be taken back. 
but it can be taken to God. And that that requires a humility to be able to see just as, you know, um, God is love and jealous. He's, as you stated, righteous and holy. And um, for me, when I'm being envious, it's because I'm not going to God. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm being envious, it's because I view myself more highly than I should, because I view this as something that I should have. Mm-hmm. With the understanding that God's in charge. So if he wants to give it, he can. Um, but often I don't think about it that way. I think about it as someone else has something that I want. Right. Where, where I completely agree with your definition of jealousy is that it's a zero-sum game. Um, it's not just that I want what you have. I want it, and I want you to not have it. Mm-hmm. I want to have full possession of this, and I will not share the possession of this with anyone. There, there's four different words that I think we could play with here, but when we talk about envy, um, we can also talk about coveting. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the tenth commandment says, "You shall." I'm sorry. The ninth commandment says, "You shall not." No, cover your neighbor's right house. Right the first time, I got yeah. it right the first time. The Didn't cover your neighbor's house. Shall not cover your neighbor's house, nor his wife, nor his donkey, nor his servant. Mm-hmm. Goes through a list. Yep. Or anything and that your neighbor has. <laughs> or anything that your neighbor. Now, what it doesn't say is you shouldn't want the same things, but there's in fact a there's a possession that a person has. And what God says is what you're doing is you're comparing yourself to them and you're saying, oh, I should be just like them. I deserve what they have. I'm just as good as they are. And God says, no, you can't do that. That's not your place to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say it's a bad thing to want good things. He doesn't say you should not ask me for you know, better man servants or good wife or, you <laughs> Master know, donkeys. exactly. <laughs> but there's, that's coveting and, and coveting is to say you have something and I'm just as good as you. I want what you have. And I'm not even saying I don't want you to have it. I'm just saying I want it too. I think that that is, that's kind of what envy coveting is envy i think is saying it doesn't matter who it is i am well actually let me parse it a little bit differently i think greed says i don't matter who has it i want it there's Mm -hmm. something there's an object i want to obtain it i want more money i want more fame it doesn't matter who has the money or the fame i want it give it it to me give it to me give it to me Mm -hmm. envy says you have it and i deserve anything that you have because clearly i'm better than you so if you have it i should have it too Mm -hmm. that's 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 envy. Covetousness, I think, says that same thing, but then says, oh, and also I want to take yours because I'm so much better than you. It's not that I care if you get it yourself at some of the time, but, but I want yours in particular. And jealousy says, I want what is mine and I want no one to have it. Correct. Correct. It's, it's interesting when we look at the opposite of Envy in Proverbs 14.30, it talks about a sound heart is life to the body. 
but envy is rottenness to the bones. Um, a sound heart is a content heart. A sound heart is one um, that is a joy-filled heart, and that requires a um, an understanding and focus on God's will first, as well as using the gifts God has called me to use so that I'm living a joyful life. And it also knows that being vulnerable before God, that taking these things that are on my heart um, is fair. Right. But knowing that it's a God thing and not a me thing, so it doesn't become the, the source the energies behind all of my work so that I, I don't go to church anymore. I don't <laughs> because I'm envying and be, I'm believing that God's going to give it because there's, you know, no reason that I can fathom. There's, there's too many eyes in that and not enough of what is God doing and what would he have you do in the moment as you stay present with him. That's yeah. where the gospel really has to come into this because we can talk about, you know, you, commandments say don't envy, mm-hmm. don't covet, you shouldn't Beware. envy, you can only be <laughs> jealous. But okay, all these things. And, you know, yes, we've watched these things. We've watched greed and envy and covetousness and acting on those things destroy lives. But at the, at the root of it is a mistrust in the goodness of our Heavenly Father. Paul speaks to this. He says, if God did not withhold his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how much more, Mm. how much more will he not also give everything that we need to those who are his? Mm. God's, God's heart, his relationship to us is that of father. And he has proven he's not a stingy father. He proved that when he and the son collaborated together with the spirit so that the son would give his own life for us. And the father said, you know, if you want to, when you're done with that, all of the riches that I'm giving you, you're free to give to them too. And this is what they did. He's given us everything freely and richly to enjoy, but not so that we would have a bank account that's fat but so that we would see the loving face of our heavenly father. Jesus came to lead us to the father, to restore the relationship between me and my heavenly father, not just to give me health and wealth and prosperity in this life, but so that I might know my heavenly father and walk with him as my daddy. Now, if I can walk with my father that way, who owns everything, who has given me everything, who will not hold any good thing from me. Where is it that I find the time to be jealous of what he's given to you? Hmm. That's really what's at stake here. That's really what's driving us. And that's where, and we need to catch this. That's where Satan knows we're weak. Hmm. So when he comes into the garden, This is what he's testing Eve with. This is what he's tempting her with. Look at this. Doesn't this look good? Doesn't this appeal to you? 
isn't this something good? Yeah, God's, God's, God's not going to give it to you. You need to take it for yourself. He's, he said all these things, but really he's just trying to keep you from something that's good for you. Because he knows how good for you it's going to be. He's not a good father. He's going to stop you from getting good things because really secretly, he's only trying to protect himself. Mm. You should take it. Just take it. It'll be yours. And God, the father says, remember my son. Remember my son who hung in your place and received my wrath, fully satiating the just punishment you deserve because I love you. Mm. And if I gave you that, just ask me. I had a, my kids had a bunch of lollipops. <laughs> I told you about this earlier. A bunch is an understatement. And uh, <laughs> one of my kids came to me and said, yeah, can I have a lollipop? And I had not said no to him. And I finally said, look, I want this to be your last one. I'd like you to take 20 minutes, get a drink of water, no more lollipops for now. I hear him in the kitchen five minutes later, sneaking a chair over. Like, what are you doing, dude? You getting a lollipop? Yeah. Do you remember what I told you? Yeah. What did I tell you? No more lollipops? So what's going on right now? Uh, Papa, can I have a lollipop? I was like, dude. You should have come and asked me, man. I would have told you yes, but you just disobeyed me. I have to tell you no now. You should have just come and asked me and not taken. I wonder how the story of redemption might look differently if Eve and Adam had trusted God enough Mm. to go back and ask him. First Timothy 6, 6 through 8. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Again, now, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Another verse, First um, Peter 2, 1-3. through three. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as a newborn babe, desire the pure milk of the word, mm. that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Mm. Mm. Can we be content in him? Can we be satisfied with an infinite God? Mm. Is he truly your Lord? And do you embrace all the graciousness that comes with him? That's good. Like, you don't fight envy by getting more stuff, as you just pointed out with your sudden story of the lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> like you, it's actually about being disciplined, which is what you were sharing with your son. We have to be disciplined now, and that's uncomfortable. Um, but there's great strength in it because we learn contentment in God. Um, and, and that is humbling. It's not easy. 
Because I'm sure for your son, he's <laughs> wondering why can't I have more? Even though you told me no, but still the question is, I asked you. Even if it was late, I asked you. As adults, we have to wrestle with, okay, how do I help you grow in contentment? How do I help you grow in being satisfied with what you already have? I love what Piper says. I love what Piper says. God is most glorified when I am most satisfied with him. There it is. Real. Well, this isn't daily gains, but I got work to do. <laughs> yeah, same here. I was like, this feels so much like daily gains. <laughs> like, it's the wrong, the wrong, wrong channel, wrong show, wrong. Like, what happened? <laughs> but no, it's God's word is convicting, and I would say that's the whole part of you know being children and the word being like pure milk. We need to go back, um, and we need to grow up. We need to. Uh, stay in his word and wrestle with it when it comes to our own heart, not just um, being able to point and say no to someone else, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but recognize that God um, is loving us. Yes. Uh, conditioning us for contentment in him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to do. I'm good. Yep. Hey, wrap us up, dog. There we go. Well, Thank you for tuning in. Again, this is Anchored and Devoted. Yeah, it felt like Daily Gains. If you don't know what Daily Gains is, it's our other podcast that we do for the first 90 days of the year. Um, but Anchored and Devoted is our one that kicks off in May and then runs uh, for seven months. So thank you. Please, please uh, share, heckle. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, we love the engagement and we pray that God uh, blesses you today be a blessing to others yeah here we go and we'll see you real soon bye